A reading from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and she named him Jesus, the gospel of our Lord. For us, the people of Christ. Thanks be to God. So the world is full of facts and promises. Especially during campaign season, right? Some facts are hard to believe. Some concern things we would never think about unless we just happen to come across them. For instance, it has never occurred to me that it is impossible to say the letter M without touching my lips together. Try it. Did your lips touch? I didn't know that till I went looking for useless facts and found that out. Sometimes we need for someone to point something out to us. A similar thing is true about promises. Some are hard to believe. Some promises are just impossible to believe. And some promise givers are impossible, or at least hard to believe. Until that person does the audaciously brave thing of actually keeping a promise, right? And then we learn to trust their word. I know this about myself. I prize kept promises much, much more than I value facts. Facts are about how the world is, and very often the euphemism is true. The facts are cold and hard. Facts are about the way things presently are, or the way things have always been. Promises are about the hope about the hope that things could be or will be different. Rob Renfro writes this about facts and promises. We exist by fact. What has happened to us and what is now happening to us. But we live, thrive, and overcome by promise. I think that's true. I think it's very true. And of course, if something is true, it's just true. There are no real degrees of truth, right? If something's true, it's just true. It isn't just a little true that this world is full of fact. It's an absolute truth that in this world full of fact, we need promise. We need promise that the facts of this world won't always be the facts of this world. That is pure, simple truth. Problems and promises are very often held together in how we think about everything. 
From education to politics to what we're going to have for dinner. My least favorite answer to what are we going to have for dinner is, well, wherever you want to go. (laughs) My second least favorite answer is, oh, it doesn't matter, because I know it does matter. Today, and every day of our life, facts and promises end up being two ends of a rope that is held in tremendous tension. And we somehow try to live between facts and promises, hanging on to a rope in a situation that seems tenuous at best. But today, this Christmas day, we ponder the wonder of a promise. A specific promise. The promise of Christmas. We've already talked about the wonder of a star. A star which pointed to Jesus, the newborn King. And how in its very existence, there was a promise to wise men that something decisive and marvelous had occurred. That a newborn king could be found in Jerusalem. And the wise men received the star as a promise. So they came to the person who was then king, named Herod, saying, Where is... Can you say that word for me? Is? Where is the child born king? They didn't come and say... If a king had been born, they came saying, where is? For them, the star was a promise that bore itself out in fact. Likewise, there's promise in the wonder of a name. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, a young man played by doubt in fact. For in fact, for in fact, his fiancée was pregnant and he knew the child was not his. The angel spoke to Joseph and promised, saying to him that Mary's child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that Joseph was to name the child Jesus, which we learned means God is salvation. Because Jesus, the angel promised, will save His people from their sins. The angel didn't say there's a chance He might save His people. The angel didn't say He might decide to save His people if they do everything perfectly. The angel said to Joseph, you're to name him God is salvation because he will save his people from their sins. And then there's more. Last night, we pondered the wonder of a manger, a feeding trough. And we learned that God did not come to dominate, scare, or intimidate us, but to give us hope. To give God's self to us and for us. The one who said that He is the bread of life is laid in a feeding trough in humble, lowly, hard circumstances. God comes to us. In a situation we wouldn't wouldn't wish on our neighborhood dog, even the one that wakes you up in the morning. Jesus was born into that situation. The promise of the manger is that God knows the lowliness in which we struggle. It would be a mistake for us to think that God doesn't know what it's like to be disappointed. But He still came to walk with us in it. God comes not to overwhelm us, but to win us with love. So Paul writes in Romans 5.8 that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's how God demonstrates God's love by putting a baby in a feeding trough. 
The wonder of Christmas we've heard is God loves us and comes among us. And we know from the promise of the star that God will put signs in our lives to lead us to Jesus. We know from the promise of the name that God has come not to condemn us for our sins, but to save us from our sins. We know from the manger that God comes not to overwhelm us, to intimidate us, to scare us, but to share our lowly state, to be one of us, to share our existence and our fears. Why Why all of that? To point to the wonder of a promise, to show us that things, yes, even our life can be different. That the things that the world says are the facts of our existence are wrong. There's something more. The wonder of Christmas is that God loves us and has come among us. So we might then ask ourselves, what is the promise of Christmas? What is the promise of Christmas that stands in tension and so boldly defies the so-called facts that so often seem to define our lives? This world can be cruel and hard. It tells me that what matters most is my personal happiness and whatever cost I have to get it is okay. Whether it's owning things or people, the world convinces me that my happiness is tied to my possessions. All in an effort to achieve personal security, which is the world's highest ideal. And without it, the world says that loneliness and hurt are all there is for me. And life ends in a hard stop. And all along the way between now and that hard stop is struggle. And I might as well get used to it because it's just the way it is. Rob Renfro wrote this in the book that I've been using for this series. There are many reasons why a baby named Jesus was born into our world, but one of the most important is so that we would never have to be alone. So that you would never have to face a dark night or a cold world or a lost cause on your own because someone is here for you. Someone who understands you, who knows your fears, who remembers your sorrows. Someone who is committed to you. Someone who knew you before you knew yourself. No matter where you've wandered or what you've done, this someone wants to walk through this world with you. But the world whispers a different song to us. The world would try to make these things I'm going to name for you be facts for us. These fears the devil whispers deeply into our ears that you are worthless. That you are hopeless. That you are nothing. That you are not loved. That no one cares about you. You are on your own. That no one understands your hurts. The wonder of promise, indeed the promise of Christmas, stands in defiance of these thoughts that come to us as absolute fact, as indefatigable fact, as conditions of our lives that will persist until the end. As inalterable reality, and my least favorite all, just the way it is. promise of Christmas stands in defiance of that. These thoughts scar us. 
But our God has scars. Scars He received because He came into the same cruel world that we live in. Jesus was not born into an alternate reality unaffected by the devil's whispers, but our reality. He was made our flesh. He came among us. He was born into our reality to save us from our sins. And ultimately, it's our sin that convinces us we are worthless. It's our sin that convinces us we are hopeless. It is sin that convinces us we are nothing. It is sin that convinces us we are not loved. It is sin that convinces us that we are on our own. And it is sin that convinces us that no one understands our hurts. But as I said at the beginning of the worship, fear not. I give you good news. These whispered facts of how it is have no power. They have no power at all over the promise of what can be. For Jesus has come to save us from our sins from the things that make us worthless and hopeless. There's a promise that stands in defiance of these sin-induced facts of our existence. The promise comes with a star. It's given a name. It's laid in a manger. It's a newborn king who raises his fists in defiance of all that silliness and lack of hope. A newborn king laying in a manger who raises his hand and says, I am here. And who would one day stretch his arms out on a cross and said, Come to me, all of you who are sin-weary, who are tired and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Don't give in to the facts of hopelessness of this world. There's a promise in your midst. There's new life. Things have changed. Things have changed. The promise of Christmas stands in defiance of sin's power and sin's project to utterly destroy us. After telling us of the circumstances of Jesus' birth, the star, the meaning of His name, and then informing us that Jesus will save us from our sins, Matthew writes these words. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When the world whispers to us of worthlessness and hopelessness and nothingness and lack of hope, when the world whispers to us of loneliness and that there's nothing in this world for us but hurt, Jesus defies that. says, I am with you. I am with you. When the world whispers of those things, the promise of Christmas comes to us as a soothing and healing balm. God is with us. God declares our worth by showing God's love for us in Jesus, displacing our hopelessness. In Christ, God took on our hurts and made them His own. He knows our hurts. In Christ, God declares that we are loved. What more can the sovereign of the universe do to show you that He loves you than die for you? There is no greater love, Jesus said. In Christ, God declares and God promises 
that we will never be alone. For Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is God with us. Christ is with us today. In this very moment, the risen Christ is in our presence. And that one said, Remember, I am with you always, even until the end of this age. Let life do to you what it will. Let life take your dreams, your health, your loved ones, and your ability to figure things out. But don't ever let it take from you the certainty that God is with you and will never forsake you. You are never alone, says Rob Renfro. And if you hold on to that promise, he says, it will be enough to see you through. And I say to you that we may exist by fact. That may be true. We may have to exist in a world that's driven by coldness and hardness. But we live, we thrive, and we overcome by the promise of Christmas. God is with us. Amen. Amen.